I wrote about this case in one of my earlier books, in 2015, because when I found it, it was so strange. America's Most Bizarre Unsolved Murder Mystery The Unexplained Disappearance of the Jameson Family of Oklahoma in October 2009 is a mystery which seemingly involves zombie-like trances, witches, fighting demons, a bundle of money, and the vanishing of a family in the remote landscape of the Latimer Mountains. For over three years, missing persons posters had been circulated, asking if any local people had got any clues as to what might have happened to Bobby Jameson, his wife Sherilyn, daughter Madison. Only the most cryptic of clues had been left behind when they abruptly vanished without any warning. Sheriff Buchamp summed it up, saying, A lot of investigators would love to have as many leads as we do. The problem is, they all point in so many directions. The family were last known to have been alive on October the 8th, 2009. On that day, the family left their home in Ifula, Oklahoma, in their white pickup truck and headed out to the remote Red Oak mountain area, apparently looking for somewhere to move to, and with the intention of looking at some land for sale. The drive to the location where their truck was found has been described as treacherous and hard. It required a seven-mile journey up a small mountain with many dirt roads until you reach a plateau which has been created for a well site. Above this and beyond is the bluff where the land for sale is situated, the family were heading to. Investigators believe the family reached this spot because religious graffiti such as Jesus will save you was found spray-painted on an abandoned truck, and this matched graffiti scribbles found at the home of the Jamesons on a large storage container that they'd purchased to move to the wilderness and live in. The abandoned wrecked vehicle had satanic messages written on it, and Sherilyn had written over the messages with God loves you and peace. On October 16th, a couple on ATVs came across their pickup truck in the dirt road which led to the well site, close to the area where they were going to look for the land for sale and where the graffiti was found. The truck was locked and inside of it, the family's dog was close to death from dehydration. Investigators also discovered the family's cell phones inside the truck, along with a very large amount of cash, $32,000. One of their cell phones showed a picture taken of Madison, the daughter, that investigators believed to have been taken there. The family were nowhere to be seen, though, and any tracks to indicate where the family had gone 
after disembarking from their truck, were not visible. Wherever they'd gone, they'd left behind their jackets, all their money, their phones and their dog. It didn't appear they'd planned on being outside their car for very long. The truck had been facing towards the exit of the plateau, as though they'd turned around and were ready to leave and drive back home. After relatives realised they had not returned from their day excursion on the 8th, an enormous search effort had been organised, with hundreds of volunteers and troopers for Oklahoma Highway Patrol. The FBI also arrived. In all, newspapers quote 330 volunteers set out to look for them. And it's probably just a coincidence, but I just thought it was a bit strange because they were on the 33rd latitude. 33 is a number that sometimes appears in things like false flags or really strange incidents. And so I thought it was a bit funny that they listed 330 volunteers. Searchers combed the area on foot, on ATVs, by air and on horses, but they found nothing. Even with 16 teams of tracking dogs that had been brought in. Search teams scanned every part of the vicinity scrupulously. Had they got lost in the wilderness? Or had something far more sinister happened to them? The sheriff, a former US Army Ranger, said his mind was consumed by questions and theories during the search. He said throughout this whole process I found myself going back and forth as to what might have happened. Israel Beauchamp said, I'm at my wit's end. I asked for all the help I could get. FBI, private investigators, who contacted me. If it had been straightforward foul play, surely the perpetrators would have stolen the money. There was over $30,000 in cash in the vehicle. But a remote, rugged and quiet landscape is not the most obvious choice for a robber to lie in wait, hoping to find a family to rob. Unless they knew them. But the money wasn't stolen. A man who lived a quarter mile from where the pickup was found was the last known person to see them. He was questioned. He said he saw no one else in the vicinity. The man who owned the land they wanted to take a look at was thought to have been one of the last people to speak to Bobby and he described him as being upbeat and friendly and said they spoke for quite some time and Bobby asked for the GPS of the land and told the landowner that he had a BlackBerry phone and declined the man's offer to meet him to take him to show him the plot of land. Bobby was confident that he would find it. Many have wondered, was their disappearance something to do with a drug deal gone bad? Were the parents drug users? 
Others wondered, were they in the process of turning state's evidence against drug dealers? Was it simply a criminal case? Or was there something much deeper to this? The county sheriff said it could even have been done by the Mexican mafia. He said they could have done it, that's the theory, because Bobby's dad was linked, allegedly, and they had burned down one of his businesses in Oklahoma City. Bobby's father died of natural causes in December 2009. At the time of the family's disappearance, he was estranged from his son, according to investigators, and in his will he left everything to his grandchild Madison, leaving his son out. His dad, Bobby claimed, once hit him with his vehicle and said the whole family were in terror of him when he filed a petition against him. He said his father had threatened to kill them. But a protective order, however, was dismissed by the judge. Bobby's father had at the time been sick when they disappeared and was in hospital at that time. Bobby's uncle said, Bobby's father would simply not do something so bad as to kill his own son. He said, I'm pretty sure he was not capable of being involved in that, adding that their disappearance made no sense at all. He said, it has puzzled me. Bobby was, at the time of his disappearance, suing his father, claiming he was owed property after working free for his father. But he and his wife had also filed to sue the school where Madison went after a swing had hit her in the playground. The couple were, it seems, litigious. Sheriff Beauchamp said, The law enforcement's investigation into the lives of the Jamesons, after they vanished, had led him to believe they may have been scammers. But there were more odd things about the couple's personal life. Sherilyn had apparently told her neighbours that she was a witch and she was going to cast a spell on them. Her sister, however, says this was more of a joke in that if she let neighbours think she was a witch, it might get them to leave the family alone. And she said they would gift each other witch books and leave them lying around the house for each other. On the other hand, Sherilyn had three cats that all died and she was convinced that her neighbours had done it. She spray-painted warnings that she was a witch, so don't hurt the cats. Sherilyn suffered from bipolar disorder and it was said that she did not always take her medication. She left behind a journal in the vehicle. She'd written about her husband. Her journal says, You are a very toxic person. You need to find happiness. You contaminate everything that you're around. It breaks my heart and saddens my soul that you have turned into a monster. I would not wish my daughter to be raised in foster care because of you being in prison or attempted murder, and her mother dead. However, 
just three days before the family disappeared. She wrote that her husband, Bobby, was a genius man with special gifts and a loving, tender soul. All my love and always forever. Sheriff Beauchamp said that rather strangely, they were certainly a family obsessed with death. After a letter discussing death had been found at the couple's home. It gets stranger. Oklahoma's Red Dirt News reported that Bobby had been reading a satanic Bible for help with natural remedies to guard himself and his family from the bad spirits or demons who were plaguing them. He had visited local pastor Corey Brandon with his wife. The pastor said Sherilyn told him that she could talk to the dead and added that her daughter also had the same power. Sherilyn said that the spirits of a long-dead family lived with them, and that their daughter Madison spoke with the youngest apparition. Bobby had asked the pastor how he could obtain special bullets that would enable him to kill the demons that were terrorising the family. He said he saw spirits on the roof of their house, with wings. He too kept a journal. One entry reads, 2 to 4 a.m. Spirits walking on the roof. Nikki Shenfold, Sherilyn's best friend, told the newspaper, In all seriousness, that house was haunted. I don't want to sound crazy, but whenever I went there, I felt a horrible presence. I would leave feeling so down and depressed. Once, I was in the living room, and this sort of grey mist descended down the stairs. It really scared me. Sherilyn told me on a couple of occasions that Bobby who was such a gentle man, would suddenly come at her with his eyes, completely dead and black, like he was possessed. Sherilyn would leave notes around the house saying, get out Satan, and stuff like that. It was her way of dealing with things, said her friend. As people in the area speculated and tried to understand what had happened to the family, an edition of the Oklahoman headlined the story in a very surprising way. The mother of missing Sherilyn Jameson was telling the newspaper that her daughter was on a cult hit list. Sherilyn's friend Nikki said she was contacted by an anonymous woman who made terrifying claims. The woman who phoned her said that she had once been involved with a white supremacist group and that Bobby and Sherilyn were on their hit list. Her mother said they were on this hit list too, but she called the group behind it a religious group, located in southeastern Oklahoma. After investigation discovery, aired a TV special featuring the strange case of the Jamesons, 
her friend Nikki claims she received a telephone call from an anonymous woman who said that she had ended her own involvement with a white supremacist group that kept a book of names of people who had been a problem for them. And this woman said that after she would see names in this book, when she got home, she would look up these names on the internet to see if they disappeared or died. The woman made the terrifying claim that on many occasions, the names she would look up on the internet turned out to be cases where they disappeared. These names found in this book led her to multiple missing persons cases, including the Jamesons. Approximately a month before the disappearance of the family, there was also the case of local pastor Carol Daniels, who was found horrifically murdered in her church nearby. The local district attorney, Mr Burns, said of the crime scene that it was the most horrific he'd ever seen. But he wouldn't go into details as to why. The pastor's mutilated body was found behind the church altar in a crucifix pose, obviously suggesting a link to satanic ritual. Whoever did this has not been caught. Sherilyn's friend says that the lodger who lived with the family, a handyman, told them he was a white supremacist and that he should probably kill a person like Sherilyn because she had Native American ancestry. Her reaction to this alarming statement was to grab a gun and throw him off the property. The handyman, Kenneth Bellows, however, was cleared of any wrongdoing by the FBI in this case. He was in jail at the time of their disappearance. County Sheriff Robbie Brooks said in an interview, I believe they were probably high on drugs high on methamphetamine at the time that they went up to visit the property, that they got out of their car and they wandered off into the mountains. He asserts that from the intelligence he gathered, both parents were frequent methamphetamine users, taking drugs every day. Sherilyn's mother Star and her best friend Nikki say this is not true. Her mother says she used to look after the child when her daughter's depression got worse, although she also said that she'd been estranged from the family in the last few months because of her daughter's emotional problems. Her friend, who used to have a problem with meth, says she could tell Sherilyn was not taking drugs leading up to their disappearance. Well, who's right? The best friend? or the intel gathered by the sheriff. Her friend says, no meth was found in their abandoned truck or in their home, and in fact, their house had been expensively renovated and was very well maintained. She adds, 
that the day before they disappeared, Bobby had been looking at schools in the area for their daughter to start attending. Prior to this, she'd been withdrawn from school so that they could home tutor her, perhaps in line with their vision of moving to the wilderness to live in the container. Some sources say they were moving because they could no longer afford to live in their house. They were also keen, it was said, to live a more self-contained life off the grid. The $32,000 that had been found in their car was believed to have come from a part settlement from a serious accident Bobby had suffered from. This reportedly left him crippled with constant pain and both he and Sherilyn were on disability. In their house, there was also a lot of books on spiritual and religious guidance. Her friend says, something is very wrong with the way they disappeared and uses as evidence for this the photo taken of Madison up on the mountain before they vanished. She claims the daughter looks terrified. The child is not looking directly into the camera and has her arms folded across her chest. Is she terrified? Or isn't it just simply an innocent stance of a child who doesn't really feel like having her photo taken? That's not her smile. That's not her face when she's happy, claims Sherilyn's best friend. The implication then is that someone was with them, someone was forcing them to do things, and had now done away with them. But how and where? The searchers could find no tracks to follow. A security camera recorded footage at their home, and the camera was apparently installed by the family because of the concerns they had of spiritual attacks. The footage, taken just before they disappeared, is very strange. It shows both adults packing up their truck with many very large items, and they're walking around at times in rather a zombie-like trance state, as though they were not quite there, as though they're disoriented. Or was it fear? Were they being forced into doing this by someone? Were they being compelled to do something by the spirits who are supposedly communicating with them? Was this a supernatural intrusion? Was a voice telling them to do this? Or was this simply the effect of drugs? In the video footage, some say it looks like they're carrying items to the car and then returning the same items back to the house. They also appear to change clothes during this packing up of the car, which doesn't seem to make any sense. Also during this time, a brown briefcase was loaded into the car. And this stayed in the car. However, it was not found in the abandoned truck. 
What was in that briefcase and where did it go? Why would they leave their dog in the car, their jackets, their phones and all that money unless they only intended to be outside of the car for a few minutes? Why could no tracks be found? Bobby had serious constant pain in his back from the car accident. Sherilyn had a bad shoulder that caused pain also. Both were on disability and Bobby could not walk more than a few metres without having to stop because of the pain it caused. So how did they walk off far enough not to be found in all the searches? Then, in November 2013, the skeletal remains of the family were found by deer hunters, about four miles from their truck. This was odd, because the Jameson father could not walk more than a few metres without severe pain. Yet they were found on the opposite side of the low mountain area where they'd left their truck. Authorities found shoes, bits of clothing, adult teeth, an adult arm and leg bone, and bone fragments that were eventually confirmed to belong to the Jameson family. The area in which the bones were found was densely wooded. In this area, there are no paved roads, just dirt ones. A further search turned up shoes and clothing. The hunter who found them said he couldn't work out why the family had not been found sooner, nor their skeletal remains. He said he was a frequent visitor to the area and so he knew it very well. And leading up to the spot in which their bodies had lain, there were several trails that would have led anyone searching for them straight to them. He added, that one of the skulls had a hole in it. Well, although the medical examiner later said he couldn't determine if this was a bullet hole or a hole made by an animal, the hunter who found them said he did think that the hole was too big to have been made by a bullet. They had left their home, taking a gun with them. Their skeletal remains showed that they'd been lying face down in a line. The gun has never been found. Had they been followed and targeted for personal or business reasons? They had a very modern, well-equipped home, despite being on disability, and apparently owned several other properties. Some have questioned how could they have afforded this? Were they into illegal activities? Had they been a bad actor to business associates who would not forgive and forget? Or had they stumbled across something and seen something they shouldn't have that day? Had a psychopath stumbled across them, forced them out of their truck and killed them, hunting them down for sport, as they were all found in a face-down position? Or was it a hit? Or was it a predator that we cannot yet define? Sherilyn's mother, Connie Katoken, said, There's no way they just wandered off and got lost. 
Their abduction has echoes of eerily similar unexplained missing persons cases that have been documented over the last couple of centuries. The abduction takes place in a remote wilderness with dense or difficult terrain. The abductors, one assumes, must have had the ability to not only control and transport these people from their truck through rugged terrain, they also left no other vehicle tracks, nor footprints, nor scent. When their skeletal remains were found, the official version was that they must have wandered off into the woods and got lost and died of hypothermia. Colton, Sherilyn's adult 19-year-old son, who no longer lived with them, said Bobby was an outdoorsman. He grew up in the country, and I mean proper country, he said. He knew nature, and he knew what he was doing out there. No way he would have got them lost like that. Their bodies were found three miles from their truck. But that was as the crow flies. With Bobby's chronic suffering pain, it's more like when you go round and up, it's near to seven miles, said Starlet. No way they could have made it over that ground. Bobby would get in pain walking around the house, let alone covering that kind of ground. It's actually where Jesse James once hid out. The new sheriff is also called Jesse James. If they were shot, execution style, lined up in a row, and landing face down in the dirt, why wasn't their truck searched and the money stolen? Surely the perpetrators would have stolen the money. There was over $30,000 in cash in the vehicle. The searchers could find no tracks to follow said former sheriff and Green Beret Israel Bushamp. Normally you can go through an investigation and one by one eliminate certain scenarios. We haven't been able to do that in this case. Everything seems possible.